0: Well, hello, here we are again. Hi, everyone who's with us already. And I'm sure more people will hop on as we get going and start joining us on Facebook Live as we start broadcasting. Um, As usual, housekeeping. (laughs) We always do a little bit of housekeeping at the beginning. Um, If you've got questions, can you pop them in the ask a question box at the bottom? Um, if you've got a guest, you would like, hi Nadine, if you've got a guest, you would like me to invite on, we have one slot left in July before we go on our summer break and, um, summer break to my back garden. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, yeah, if you've got a guest that you'd like to, um, me to approach, then do let me know and, uh, we'll put them in the mix and see, um, what, what comes out see who gets the most votes. Um, we have, um, last week there was a um a request for me to um try and get grace and perry and Ooh, that some, some moves have been made we just don't know where that might go but some moves have been made and the person who's done it knows who they are thank you very much and i'm very grateful so um yeah moves have been made so we'll see what happens with that one but i'll do a special for that i won't do it as a one of the Regular Wednesday slots. So yeah, if you've got someone you would like me to approach um, as that last speaker, then let me know. And if you've got any questions from today's session, then pop them in the ask a question area. And as you know, generally we come to that about quarter to two. So, I'd like to invite my lovely guest. We're both in white today. Kate. I
1: know we're basically in a in a bit of a uniform. <laughs> <laughs> I got the memo. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Ted, Ted sets the scene, doesn't he? So here's Teddy, he says, oh, the there we
1: go. And
0: he's all in white. So we have to set the scene. Um, hi, uh, hi, Jonathan and Serena. So um, Kathy's my lovely guest today. And Kathy is the reason why we're all here. So I don't know whether any of you remember, but back in the early days of lockdown, like day one or two, I put the message out saying, okay, We need to go online. How do we do, how do we do that? I've got no idea. And all those messages about zoom and house party and Microsoft teams and words, literally that were new to my vocabulary started popping up in my messaging box. And Kathy very quietly came in and said, have you looked at Crowdcast and then left me with it. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I just
1: dropped it with you and then squirrelled away, not knowing knowing much about it myself. But I did a little bit of research about it and thought what a great platform to look at whilst we're all in our homes, you know.
0: Well, it's been absolutely transformative for me. You know, I've grown immensely through doing this from someone who hated even having her photograph taken, to being prepared to sit in front of a camera. Um, I think now I'm on about 30 big swallow and I'm much better at it. We were back in the day, uh, we were saying, chatting just in the green room, weren't we? Saying back in the um, the green room, is the green room actually green? No, <laughs> <laughs> sadly not. And it hasn't got any cocktails or anything in it either, which is sad, but we do get to check um, our mics and make sure everything's working. So the green room is quite a, a good place for us before we go live. Um, But we were chatting in the green room and saying, you know, it's such a long, it seems such a long time ago, doesn't it? That early days of, you know, lockdown. And we've all come um, a long way in that period. And we're all in this together, but we're all doing it our own way. Some of us want to do it quietly and, you know, just take it as a sabbatical. And that's absolutely fine. And some of us want to um, try something new, learn a new skill. Some of us want to change old habits. Lots of things that, um, and all of it's fine. All of it's fine. Whatever is, just do you. Um, I think that's you know what we've been trying to say all the way along. It's just do you. Um, and Crowdcast has become us. <laughs> so I've become a broadcaster, and I and I'm actually loving it. I'm loving it. I had a good look at it, and the other platform I looked at was Be Live but Crowdcast just had a little bit of an essence of something a bit special about it. It just had a little bit of sparkle, a bit, a bit of fairy dust. And who doesn't like a bit of fairy dust in their life? So yeah, we went with Crowdcast and I'll be forever grateful. Thank you, Cathy, for that. Oh,
1: it's it's pleasure. Pleasure.
0: Um, uh, suggestion because it has, it has led on to us doing these, these broadcasts, which I know everyone is you know really appreciated. Uh, it's led to us launching a new event, an online event called Art360, which um, artists will be able to participate in in September. It's open for ent- applications now. So if anyone's watching and you want to apply, we will take 180 artists in total. And from that 180 artists, 30 will be selected to go live. And that will be like an open studios kind of event for them. And, um, and I'm really looking forward to September. That's why we're going to take a bit of a break um, from the middle of July through August, because I'll need to, I'll probably need to do some vocal coaching. <laughs> 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 so, uh, yeah, so it has led to quite a transformation in the pure business. So we're all very grateful to you for that suggestion. And I think it's interesting, isn't it? It's one of the things you we were we've chatted about in the past is you notice what you notice. And there was a lot of noise around that time, but I noticed that and it stood out amongst the crowd of comments. And nothing happens randomly, does it? So it was meant to, it was meant to be even the chat and the challenges and the, and the great things are all meant to be. They all kind of grow us. So Kathy, Leslie, could you tell us a little bit about your life? Um, Wow. Starting from the very beginning, because it's a very good, very place good
1: to place to start. start
0: in the words of Julie Andrews. Um, yes, of course. Tell us how you, cause you are now an associate editor of O Magazine, which is a wonderful magazine that I subscribe to. And I have done work through the days of it being called O Comely, and now it's called O. And you're also an amazing coach, life coach um, and your business called Wise Bodies. Yes. Um, if you could just yeah, just give us a little amble through how you got to there and give us an insight into your life. That'd be marvelous.
1: Oh, it's a pleasure. Well, thank you for that introduction. And well I succinctly help people to get unstuck. And I had a have a curiosity for that because I probably spent 25 to 30 years being quite stuck myself, which kind of began in my late teens, getting um, extreme anxiety and stress, which led to being on medication, going to see different therapists. And this was all done very quietly behind the scenes. I was still working as an art director, got my first publishing job at eighteen, and doing design, working in editorial teams. All of this was going very well, but underneath that, I was kind of holding on for dear life, and finding things very scary. and um, And that's that kind of continued for many years, and and I started to get curious about rather than just trying to fix it put a plaster over it try and find a strategy to just get through this moment just get through this moment as my career and my life was expanding i just began to want to become an expert in my own understanding and the nature of being human and all of those experiences that that means. And so I started to go on my own quest and I became an expert by experience of um, reading different books, going to different retreats and ending up in Germany with um, the spiritual teacher Byron Katie to really look at the nature of our realities and what causes us to have different experiences. And that led to a kind of um, powerful kind of tectonic shift in how I lived with my anxiety and depression. And that kind of, um, it kind of walked away. I didn't do anything other than it, I just noticed it didn't show up in my life anymore. And it was very profound and also very unremarkable. And um, it led me then to train in this particular field, in this particular work, which is that we deal with our problems as if they're not made of thought, you know, as if they are fixed and if they are real. And so no wonder things can feel overwhelming and very scary when we when we are confronted with a reality that we hold as absolutely steadfast. And so I'm fascinated now in looking at the nature of that and Mm. beginning to question that, because ultimately when we can question what we think is the truth, it can fall away and we can have a a kind of profound freedom, really. And we can operate in creative, spontaneous response to life rather than a terror of what could, might, should happen. Mm. And it's very freeing. So I use that in my work editorially with O Magazine. And I also use it in how I coach people to help support them to get unstuck too. Mm. So that's kind of been my 25 year journey through publishing, editorial design and coaching and my own personal do you I mean, think having anxiety.
0: that because I know I, I suffered very much from anxiety in my very young life, you know, around yeah. that age, age 18 to early 20s. Yeah. And um do you think having success and being kind of thrust into the success, you know, the expectation of success had an impact on that?
1: Yeah, I think I was probably my hardest taskmaster. And of course, there's always going to be that not good enough, not good enough little kind of quietly pulsing through your veins, Mm. which is obviously leading you to be having the motor constantly on, you know, you don't realize, but it's just there buzzing. Mm. And um, yeah, so I think having that, you know, and having successful parents, you know, and all of this kind of sense of what that means, where you're coming from. Therefore, I have to be a certain way of expectation and, and finding that a lot of the time I would fall off the wagon and not and feel like a failure. So all of that
0: yeah, na- I,
1: narrative. Yeah,
0: I so respond to that because um, that good, that not good enough, we're not going to ever be good enough is, you know, the, it's a fiction, isn't it? It's a fiction in our mind that holds us back and keeps us stuck as you describe it and um, holds us back from achieving our happy life, our true potential um, Mm. stops us opening the doors that will um, hopefully lead us into some personal fulfillment. And yeah, it so resonates with me. I had a very successful family Mm. and I came into my early working life with a bang, I just, you know, didn't expect it and definitely suffered from high levels of stress because of that level of personal expectation I put on myself. And, you know, I say it all the time, be kind to yourself. If I could give myself, my younger self, one massive message is, you know, be your own best friend be kind to yourself. You're mm. doing the best you can right now. And that's good enough. Good enough is good enough, isn't it? It's yeah,
1: absolutely. And and we only know what we know at the time that we do something or make a decision. You know, and then we look back and go, why didn't I do such and such? And it's (laughs) like that profound profound
0: benefit of hindsight. That yes, you only know what you know, and. I know for myself, and I don't know whether this resonates with you that, you know, in those early years, in those first 10 years or so of my working life, 18 to like 28 or so, I do kind of feel I slept walked it through it a little bit. I don't think I enjoyed it for the moment as much as I could have done. I kind of slept walked the experience because I didn't know enough about personal awareness. It wasn't something that was introduced in our education, in our schooling, in the way that we talk about it so freely now um, with our children um, about, you know, what makes you happy and that's okay. You can feel, you can feel unhappy or grumpy today. That's okay. Don't, you know, but understand how it feels and if you want to change it. So what was the moment when you, you noticed that the change had happened and you, you said you went to a retreat with Byron Katie. Is that, was that?
1: Yes. Yes. Byron Katie. uh, Yes, Byron Katie, she, um well, I um, had had a relationship end um, mm. that I thought was my forever relationship. And that kind of ended several years ago. And I found that very difficult to get through. I was kind of in a lot of grief and I couldn't move through it. And so I was le- started to seek ways to help find relief. And so I'd go to to see these various people. And then I just happened to find out about this teacher called Byron Katie. She lives in America, but she was doing a two week retreat in Germany. And it happened to be coming up in a couple of weeks. And I had such a strong, like, you've got to do this. Just Mm -hmm. do it, sign up, go. And I just signed up, had a little bit of money to just throw at it, go along. So I went along not quite knowing who she was really, other than I was just fascinated to find out more. And it was a, um, it's called The School for the Work. And she has four simple questions that she asks, which you bring any stressful thought to, which begins with, um, is it true? Is the first question. And it's a simple yes or no answer to that. It's not no, but, and then a whole story, or yes, but da It's simply a single syllable of yes or no. And we don't try and manipulate our answer. It's absolutely, is this true? And then the second question is, can you absolutely know that it's true? Which allows you just that little bit of space to explore whether this really has its truth. I'm writing it
0: down so I can add them in later.
1: Yes, and then the third question is, what happens, how do you react when you believe the thought? So I could have a thought, for example, which is my dad never listens to me, you know, and that could be some drip feeding story that I have told myself throughout my life, which makes me feel, Disconnected from my dad makes me feel frustrated, makes me feel distant. I can't then talk to him. You know, I have a whole story about that. But that simple, stressful thought of dad doesn't listen to me is it true? Can I absolutely know it's true? How do I react? To what happens when I believe the thought? And then the final question is who would you be without the thought that dad doesn't listen to me? And you sit with that. And it's a meditation and it's a practice. And it's it sounds so simple and so kind of like cognitive. It sounds like cognitive responses to, to, to four questions. But when you are there for two weeks sitting in this, um, the questioning of, of, of who you think you are and all the stress that you bring to it, it begins to fall away. And it's very powerful. So I did this particular work with her and left after two weeks feeling kind of newly born. Like yeah. everything that I everything yeah, I believed, everything that I thought was true mm. was sort of fell away. And it kind of left me um, so present, mm. you know, so with the capacity to be so present and so aware of the nature of thought, you know, because mm. that's is a beautiful thing to start to become aware of the nature of our thinking.
0: Absolutely. I had yesterday, um, I woke up feeling very down and I became very aware of the fact that it was, you know, it was my choice of how I handled this. I was very, feeling very down and I, you know, I'm a talker, so I articulated this to Paul, my husband. And I, and I said, and this is how I'm feeling today. And I know that it's my responsibility to deal with it. And, um, but I realized that not only, you know, was that dragging me down during the day and I was struggling to move past it and trying to find my way through it. um, It was dragging everybody else down with it. And the power of your thoughts, um, they cause these ripples of energy out don't they and last week we were doing the meditation with nadine and meditation gives you that space like you've just described you know when you were there gives you that space just to make an opportunity for a different way of being and it gives you the opportunity to hear things you haven't heard before deep from inside you or from wherever it gives you the object i think i found meditation and reiki um uh transformative in my life Mm. and I would advocate them to everybody so have a look at but that sounds amazing that sounds life-changing
1: no it was and it was really you know and it's it's a particular practice that um is you know part of my daily life now really and it's kind of and I really feel that you know every day or you know, we have a shower, we wash our hands, we clean up, you know, we keep our skin and our bodies clean, but we don't do very much for our minds as far as allowing them to be clean, to run clear. Mm -hmm. You know, we have a whole load of crazy junk yeah (laughs) crazy junk that fills up you know if you imagine it's like an attic full of everything that's ever happened to us everything we've taken from it every assumption we've ever had every judgment bias fear is like there with its own little cardboard box filled to the brim and then we wonder why we're kind of tripping over making the same mistake again getting caught in patterns and it's and it's um and it's innocent, you know, it's not that we're doing anything wrong. It's a very innocent kind of way of well, that's just you know, it's just how, how it I am. And is, how it's how is. it is, how it is. And it's like it's not how it is. It's absolutely not how it is. How, do,
0: how often do we say that? Oh, it's just who I am, it's just how how it is, and it doesn't have to be. Um we have absolute power to change our everyday, our life. And one of the things that um we were talking about previously was, you know, the, the, what did you say? The, the, or in the ordinary to the re- awe in, the ordinary. The awe, awe in to look for the or in the ordinary. That's, you know, that's an amazing um grounding uh, way of being a way of living is I went out, so I, this morning I had to go to get some stamps and some postcards and some things from the shop. And I've been very resistant to doing this because it I have to sit, stand in queues wherever I go in really long queues. But actually once I started doing it, I, and I gave myself the time to really appreciate it. I stood in the queue and I really looked at people and I looked around me and I really, gave myself the time to just experience the moment. So I walked through the town and I saw people and I stopped to chat socially distance clearly um, with people who I um, came across. Cause you know, you, you're going to, in a small town like that, but you're going to bump into people, you know, um, not physically bump, I assure you. <laughs> <laughs> so physical bumping, just, you know, proverbial bumping. And I really, um, I spent an hour doing this and I really started to appreciate the value of queuing. And we're so good at queuing as English people, aren't we? And I've always been like, Oh, why do we do that? But actually, it was such a a wonderful thing just to give myself the, uh, an appreciate the time and an appreciation and give my brain time to breathe and appreciate new things, see things differently. There were some people, um, caring for the verges. So they were all like in quite distance from each other, but they were there looking at the wildflowers. And so I started looking at the wildflowers and these are things that, as I said, you know, sometimes we sleepwalk past, we don't see or appreciate and they're, so wonderful in our everyday.
1: Yes, no, they are. And I I love that you say sleepwalking there because it just points me back to my work in that I, I I support people to gently wake up because when we're sleepwalking, we're not necessarily aware of it other than feeling a little bit of disquiet, perhaps, or thinking something is going on out there, which is causing us, Mm-hmm. you know stress or whatever but actually you know that's a, a little gentle tap on the shoulder that we are asleep yeah
0: and so when, when we're asleep. helping people to wake up to become conscious that they have choices and to become aware of how it feels in their body is yeah I find a truly uh, a true privilege to so when you see it yeah. when you see it suddenly dawning that they've just been making an assumption. And this has been making them miserable and unhappy. And to see people wake up is um, to that and truly appreciate that they have the choice to do whatever they want in their lives, you can bring you can achieve anything. That's something that you know, my dad always used to say to me, you can be whoever you want to be, you can have whatever you want to have, you just need to set your mind Mm. to it. But don't forget the wonderful everyday. Isn't that,
1: isn't that the Ikea? <laughs> I think <that's> the IKEA <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm not surprised it's been taken on by marketing slogan. <laughs> yeah, that's just, the marketing yeah. is
0: terrible for picking. I have to, you know, confess to being a marketeer. So, you know, I do find pick up on a good slogan, the power yeah, of the everyday. Yeah. yeah. The wonder in the everyday is something that I think during isolation, we've been given the opportunity, to see the wonder in the everyday, if we can calm ourselves sufficiently.
1: Yeah. And there's something about ordinary, which means you don't have to hide anymore or pretend or live up to an image of perfection. You know, there's something about that that is really freeing because we're often trying to be, um, brilliant or really creative and our our best self you know this idea of being our best oh, self best it's self. like oh my god how the exhausting pressure. you know how exhausting to be our best self and so i'm a big champion of simplicity of ordinariness of gentle purpose you know all of these things because to, to push or to strive or to, you know, getting these elbows out to strain is 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 being out of tune with our nature. Yeah, that it's means. it's being it's grabbing, you know, when actually there's room for all of it. There's room for every feeling state, every every thought that comes and goes, and you know. And then when we're comfortable with ordinary, it's a relief for other people because they don't have to keep up a pretense, you know, there's no need to then play this sort of it's best a competi- self it, game.
0: It makes it into a competition, doesn't it? It seems yeah. so, it seemed so pertinent before lockdown when people would say to you, oh, be I'm being my, you know, I'm living my best life. I'm, I'm being my best self. And you're like, yeah, go for it. You know, have a goal, have a purpose, but actually that builds in that not good enough, competitive edge doesn't it which we
1: don't yes and that's a misunderstanding for me about the Mm. nature of purpose Mm. because of course purpose gives our lives meaning and it's a it's it enables us to focus on the things that really matter but there's a misunderstanding that um purpose equates to success that it equates to being somebody that somebody's put you somewhere and I've arrived, you mm. know, that nature of what purpose is, or that it's a future destination, that somewhere mm. that we will eventually get to. Um, and that is, you know, a misunderstanding of, of purpose.
0: Yeah, you can live in your purpose.
1: You can live yeah. in it.
0: And your purpose can be to be, to just be. My purpose is to just be. And that's, that's okay, that's good enough. Um, And I think if we can break these barriers down, because, you know, we're running on course now for, I think, for a massive mental health issue, as people slowly start to ease out of lockdown and they suddenly get told, you can, you can now do this and you can now do that, that urge to, you know, that we're going to be overwhelmed by those, those messages again, about, you know, getting out there and finding, uh, especially living in a capitalist society, you know, it's now your responsibility to make money and be something. And I think that is going to cause a lot of people who have found this period of time so um, freeing, a lot of anxiety and...
1: Yeah, there'll be people who aren't quite ready to come out of the the den, you know, like little badges coming out. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And it's it's just checking in with that, isn't it? About what's... Mm. You know, what's it going to, what's the landscape going to be like? How do we want to live, um, Yeah. you know? and Giving
0: ourselves the, the the opportunity and permission to be, just be, and not rush at it. You don't have to rush at it. Life doesn't have to be a rush. It doesn't have to be a competition. There's no hurry. There's plenty of time. There is enough time or there is enough, more than enough time that you will ever need to do everything you you want and need to do. But we are by yeah. the marketers. They kind of, you know, with their constant messaging, make us think that we're going to run out of time. That it's a competition. That's not enough for everybody to, you know, enough for everybody to go around. And there is, that's just a marketing slogan.
1: Yeah, no, it reminds me, you know, the purpose video I did about the apple tree about, you know, does an apple tree, you know, is it concerned about its purpose? Oh,
0: it's all right. You're back. back.
1: Oh, good. I was like, I (laughs) I went, I I turned into a robot. I saw myself become a little pixelated creature.
0: What happens is sometimes if your um, internet signal is not strong enough and it will just Dip, and it's happened a couple of times. But don't worry, we're. Here, I'll, I'll hang out here while, <laughs> while you just hang out on the other side. of the internet and come back. Yeah, So, no, exactly. start, if you could start that again, I found that amazing. um You did this post for Owen. You're doing the ABC, aren't you? on
1: yeah. we're doing aren't the A to Z of daily Z. doses. Yes, yeah. small and helpings did, of good stuff. Mm. Yeah,
0: you did A is for apple. So, if you could tell tell us that, that was wonderful. I I was I loved it.
1: Well, it's touching on purpose that we've just been talking about. And um, and um I just asked the question of, of do you think an apple tree is concerned about its purpose, about whether it's going to produce like a bountiful crop? Are the apples going to be sweet? Maybe I should produce pears? You know, all of this potential yeah. stress that this <laughs> apple tree could be under. And of course not, you know, apple trees simply grow apples and before the apples arrive the blossom comes into life and then it follows that cycle and it's just like the apple tree you know our purpose is intrinsically embedded into our being and that we don't need to go out and seek it we just need to nurture nurture yeah. it and um, notice notice. Yes yes notice you know and and that for me is is the most underrated skill as human beings busy-minded human beings is that we don't know how to notice anymore and you standing and queuing up and suddenly seeing all of those things you know when we feel like we have a problem or something needs to be sorted or we need to make a decision I can guarantee there'll be somewhere where we haven't noticed and if also on top of that if we can notice without judgment or assumption or having already made a you know already made your mind up you know to simply observe that is you know where the answers come from
0: absolutely uh- as I say, during this um, time, I've done quite a lot of meditation and I've been encouraging people to do meditation. And I think that gives us um, an increased awareness of the fact that we can just be and notice walking in nature. Um, just listen, just leave. the. It's the gaps, isn't it? Lockdown is a gap.
1: Yeah. In- and even even in the midst of like a domestic, you know, we often think that, being in the moment or having that happens on top of a mountain or whilst I'm in the forest, but it's, you know, it's available to us in the midst of an argument with your stepson, for example, yeah. that I'm having, for you know, example. right in the midst of like, <laughs> Oh my God, he's driving me crazy. This is nuts. You know, Yeah. and if I just have allow my, if I, if I'm able to catch myself often, you can't, of course you can't. We're not sort of able to be so you know, some can, the Zen masters, but certainly not Um, to be, just to be able to go, wow, I'm really, I'm really caught in this. I'm really caught in this. And just giving that little bit of space, um, the whole thing can, can shift, you know, you don't have
0: to take that moment on with you. That's always what I think is like, it was a moment. You don't have to, then it doesn't have to become your life. So you had an argument with your stepson. It's done. Yeah. Move on. You don't have to carry that on into the next conversation and the next conversation you have with him or somebody else, you know, it, it's done. It's over. It was a moment.
1: Oh, and that's so true. It's not when I speak, I remember speaking to my dad, who's a very anxious chappy at the moment. Cause he's in, he's in complete self isolation, mm. isolation, isolation. He's like locked away in his little study. Mm. And I was speaking to him and he talked to me about his day and he, I think he had like 20 minutes of a stressful moment. But I spoke to him, and the whole conversation was about a twenty-minute little glitch. And I was thinking, I didn't share this with him because he's dealing with, you know, he's in his own things. Is my own thing. Um, it's like my goodness, he's he's allowed a twenty-minute little flurry to feed and infect his entire day, if not week, it has become clouded. And just to be able to observe that was like, wow, dad is really caught yeah, caught in that storm. You know, but we
0: can help by trying to change state, you know, help people to change state at that point. As coaches and mentors, you can help people to change state by talking about other things, bringing in other things. But it's the reality of life, isn't it? We're trained that way. And it's good that. You know we are becoming aware and we're having these conversations to be aware of it i know my two boys had a they've done so well in lockdown they've been absolutely brilliant not really um uh arguing or anything they've been great and you know that's too good to be true wow, yeah. <laughs> <Yesterday>, <laughs> what's, your, what's the, no yeah. panic. What's the panic. magic the, the truth's coming now wait wait <laughs> so yesterday afternoon at about six o'clock the whole thing exploded um, in a riot of screaming and shouting and pushing and shoving and i didn't get involved i just sat back and let it kind of go and then i kind of my husband arrived and he said why don't you just both go on your separate ways and neither of us spoke about it again and we haven't spoken about it again because otherwise I just carry on. They'd be like, well, you told me off and he told me off. And we just add to the negative energy. So mm-hmm. we just left it. And it's like, this, it was inevitable. There was going to be a flare up. Let's just move on and get over it. And mm-hmm. I think that that phrase move on is, can be misinterpreted as well. Um, it's a really powerful thing. If you can just go, it's okay to let that it happened. It happened but we don't have to let it carry on being part become us. It doesn't, we don't have to live it. We don't have to be it. We can now just step away from it. Notice what we noticed from it. Learn what we needed to learn from it. I learned something from it. And, and now we move, we move along and um, today's been fine. And they've, they interacted,
1: okay. So yeah, that we'll reminds me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, exactly, exactly. See how it how the day unfolds. But See how it goes. Yeah. It reminds me of um, the difference between clean pain and dirty pain, mm-hmm. and and I and I think that that can be so helpful when you know there's an idea that you know pain happens, but suffering is optional. Yeah. When when something we're confronted with something that is painful that causes us frustration or upset then the actual inciting incident is there that we deal with and it's a bit like if you cut yourself the initial pain is like ow but you then let it heal and it gets well the skin seals over and then it's all good but if we start picking at this cut and not letting it heal, and we keep like aggravating it, and it gets infected and bothering it. It's very much like that in in our emotional life, you know. If we continually ruminating and adding and adding,
0: That's a really good analogy. I love that analogy. That you know, our brains and our thoughts can be a little bit like an open wound, can't they? And if we keep bothering them, instead of going, "Okay, I see you, I hear you," you know, I talk um, about, you know, there's the swamp of horror and misery and then there's the happy place and it's okay to go and you know you look at the wound and you go yeah i i acknowledge you you're there and it hurt and i've learned something from that now i move into the happy place Mm. Um, it's good to acknowledge and it's good to see what you were meant to learn from that sometimes Mm. there's nothing to learn at all sometimes it was just an accident and you'd cut yourself
1: of course, that reminds me, yes, that reminds me of um, Eckhart Tolle talks about the kind of um, Eastern philosophy stories of getting shot in the arm with an arrow. And over here in the West, we've, we've got a sort of arrow in our arm, and we're like, who shot it? Where did it come from? Where did it, you know, this whole thing going on about where did it from? When actually, you know, we have the capacity to simply take. Take the arrow out. Take the arrow out. We don't necessarily need everything that goes around. Where did it yes. come from? Who shot it? What day was it? I, you know, the analysis. This whole Gosh.
0: that is very what's going on right now, isn't it? We're not going to yeah. enter that. We don't do those kind of discussions here. But there is. It's
1: <laughs> we are
0: put under a lot of pressure to find to have an answer, aren't we? And sometimes there is no answer. Sometimes like the boys fighting, it was just a moment, you know, Mm. there's no answer. There's going to be no, you know, and next time we'll do it differently because, you know, it was just a moment. We just move on and go, okay, that's over now. And Mm. yeah, but societally a bit like the competition, it's a competition. There's not enough for everyone. It's a finite resource. Culturally, we have this thing about where you have to find, you have to place it, you have to land it somewhere. The arrows in your, on your arm land, it has to have a landing. It doesn't, it doesn't. We can just feel it and then choose, Mm. choose very cognitively, consciously to just move on because who, otherwise you do get stuck.
1: Well, my favorite question to ask myself is what, what am I making this mean? Yeah. You know, what am I making this mean because Mm -hmm. A lot, I'll be adding yeah. a whole lot of
0: stuff I mean, yeah. I mean, no yeah, this is like your dad, like you're saying in you, your dad, you know he he made something that was twenty minutes mean a massive amount that had contextual and you know shades of um, meaning to it and it it do it if you if it's if if you want, if you consciously want to and you think it was it it's important, but you don't have to. So it's, um, you know, at the end of the day, we all have choices. And this is the, you know, we have a choice right now in this phase of lockdown to, to decide how we want to, what we want our new normal to be. Could look exactly like the old normal. That's okay. Don't.
1: Yeah. No, don't let ourselves
0: be pressured.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, at the moment, my personal situation here is my partner's work has like, gone. So there's a whole unknown that could be could be incredibly stressful. There could be a whole living through these 12 weeks so far of you know if of it being really uncomfortable, what's gonna happen, what we're gonna do, how are we gonna do that? And or you know, the situation is Justin hasn't got work at the moment. Okay. Can that be okay? What mm. am I making it mean that he hasn't? Yeah. <gasps> that we can't afford our mortgages, what we're gonna be able to do. Oh my god, we might end up having to live in a caravan, you know, the whole yeah. the whole thing that goes on.
0: Absolutely a not- Bohemian traveller in a tent. Yes. From and twelve weeks of not having any yeah. work. Yeah. Yeah. And um I think there was a layer of that going on with my yesterday, and I'd done really well. And then all of a sudden I think there was a layer of hmm. hang on a minute, there could be some other stuff going on here and that was definitely pulling me down and i had mm. to really kind of unpick it i had to say what am i making this mean mm. and to myself and i was making it mean we were going to be homeless and starving and you know the reality is that's not going to be the case and um, yes the
1: bad lady syndrome is like yeah. universal isn't it <laughs>
0: <laughs> we're all going to end up on the screen no, it's like such
1: yeah. a yeah a it, weighs, it, does.
0: it weighs heavily on you Um, And you have to just be aware of it and not take yourself there because, you know, I've seen, you know, my business kind of looked like it was going to implode. You know, I had a very real time business and yet now my business has opportunity for exponential growth because of what's happened, the gap that appeared, the opportunity that appeared in, in this time. And I realized that my business has grown, In 2008, it grew when there was a massive downturn. We had the financial crash and it's grown again now. No, I'm not willing on any more pandemics or financial crashes, I promise you. But I do see the opportunity now with acceptance, accepting that life isn't linear, stuff happens. It's out of my control. It's my choice how to
1: view it. Yeah, because I, I believe that there's something beyond our own personal psychology that is already home.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, and that for me, I think is a a profound thing Mm. to not just intellectually go, oh, yes, I understand that, but to really know, you know, to really know.
0: To know that you don't have to know.
1: <laughs>
0: yes. Once I um I did yes. my masters and um and I was focused on going straight into a PhD and I stopped and I and I realized and I spent you know and I interacted with a few people and I went to a funeral of a very good friend and um and I came to the realization that it's okay not to know. I don't have to analyze everything. I don't have to have an answer for everything. I can know that there is things out there that I don't know and that's okay. Yeah. We don't have to know And there is definitely stuff going on. I don't know.
1: Oh, there's such power in not knowing, you know, I don't know. And we're re- we're really scared to say that I don't ask that. I don't know. I don't know. And often, you know, if we come up, if we crawl up and we come to, I don't know what to do here. We either, retreat back and scuttle back and go, oh, that didn't work. I don't know. I'm going to scurry back. And we become kind of like that victim, don't we? Yeah, of, back, I into can't our, back into
0: our comfort zone of yes, like, this indeed. is where I know I'm staying here.
1: Or there's the overachiever that will come in and like <laughs> <laughs> find its way, you know, to just, I'm going to get over this obstacle where if we That's don't cannon know, cannonball
0: dragging. <laughs> yeah. That's my cannonball. So you're going to drag that cannonball up that hill with you, are you? Or are you brave enough just to dwell for a bit and see yeah. what happens? Let it Yeah. Go. I remember having, um, I was driving in a car. I'd been to see um, someone and I was with an artist in the car. Um, I will name the artist. It was Will Taylor. And we'd been to see a client. And as we got back in the car, I received a text message that was very worrying. And he, and we were about to embark on a three hour journey. And he said to me, just leave it, just leave it. It might be solved by the time we we get back. And I was like, okay, and I've adopted that in my life now. If things aren't quite, they look difficult and I don't know. He was absolutely right. By the time I got to the other end of the three hours and I picked up my phone again, the next text message was, oh, don't worry about that and fixed it now. And I was like, I said to him, okay, I've learned a massive lesson in a three hour journey and I adopt that in my life now. If something isn't quite going how..." it looks difficult and it's causing me some distress, I go, okay, just walk away, mm.
1: leave it, let it be.
0: Don't bother the wound. Don't wriggle the arrow, just leave it there.
1: Yeah, because that reminds me of another thing that I'd like to share actually, that I have found just so helpful is um, knowing what business you're in. Because yeah. there are, this is a Byron Katie, thing, which I found just like that is fantastic. There are three types of business. There's your business. There's other people's business. And then there's like the universe business or God's business. However you want to frame it. If God is something that you find to have a different relationship, but anything other. Yeah. And I can guarantee if there's any level of stress going on, ask yourself the question (laughs) of whose business am I in? And I can guarantee you won't be in your own.
0: I love that because I remember as a child, my, you know, we would often be told mind your own business. (laughs) Yeah. Mind your own business. Stop getting involved in stuff that is nothing to do with you. But we, as adults, we do it, don't we?
1: And I think we're in other people's business most of the time. Yeah. And the thing about that is not only is it unhelpful for anybody else, is that it also means that we vacated ourselves. Yeah. You know, we're, the, our vessel is empty because we're so concerned with what they're doing, what they should be doing. And that goes, you know, from uh, friends and neighbors and family, to politics, to climate change, to nurses, should we be clapping them? Shouldn't we be clapping them? You know, all, everything, everything, yeah. everything, 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 it spins Shouldn't out. Should we
0: be making rainbows? Should we be saying thank you? They're just doing their job. They don't want you to do that. Do they want you to do that? Yeah. You know? And there'll be a spectrum of within those groups of some will want it, and some won't work, some won't because we're all individuals and we all have our own um, perspective. And it's important to recognize that, notice. Yeah.
1: Exactly. And we'll be having a whole load of judgment about our neighbor that's chosen not to clap. You know, yeah. oh, they didn't come out, did they? You know, whatever it is. Yeah. You know, from, yeah. the, from the minor gossip to the yeah. major, you know, country yeah. to country yeah. kind of negotiation. They did it that, that
0: way. So should we have done it that way? Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's
0: not our business. If it's not your business, My as my mum would have always said to me as a child, Mind your own business. I th- I'm sure there was some other angle that she added to that about something about your nose will be chopped off, or you'd yeah your face taking
1: it go. taking your nose away, yeah, in your nose hand. away. Oh, <laughs> oh,
0: yeah, okay, that's it. Nosey Parker, you've lost <laughs> your nose. Or oh, your face will freeze if the wind blows. Yeah. I'm sure she had some other very funny sayings like that. I think that's um, it's hilarious the the phrases. But isn't it funny? Those old sayings they often come back to me now. Those sayings that we would have been said to us in childhood, they were aware. They were aware of these things. They just didn't have the words to articulate it. I suppose, you know, they were the post-war generation, weren't they? And um, they didn't have the words to articulate it. And, you know, we have the words to articulate it now. That you know, is it your business? Um, is what your dad was worrying about for 20 minutes, was that yeah. his business? Yeah. Did he need to give it attention? Were my boys arguing over something that was my business? No, they weren't. So I just stayed out of it. I just stayed out of it and left them to it and they'll get over it much quicker without me bothering the wound, wiggling the arrow. And I think that's something that, you know, that's a massive takeaway. I'm going to write down some of these Byron Katie things that you've said and I'll put them on a blog post so everyone can see them, because I think they they they're something that I wasn't aware of. And, you know, I've learned I didn't know that. And I didn't know I didn't know it or needed to know it, but actually they're very useful. Um, uh, That's it. What do we say? There's Christina just said that. Not my monkey, not my circus. Oh,
1: yeah. I say that that. a lot.
0: I say that a lot. Not my monkey, not my circus. You know, I'm not getting involved. It's not my monkey, not my circus to get involved with. And it's so helpful if you can create that level of detachment and non-judgmental level of attack that detachment so we have a question let's have a look at the question the question is from fran so i think fran i'm going to invite you up on screen and you can ask your question yourself let's see oh
1: this is a whole new thing yeah
0: i really like doing this is letting people ask the questions themselves and um so if anyone else has got any questions then do pop them in the bottom box and we can ask you up on screen to join us we're you know coming to the end of today's session i hope you found it as interesting and as fascinating as i have an hour goes so quickly here's fran hello fran
1: hi Hi. well i'm not quite sure i'd rather ask it in person actually than type it because my question was around is there some kind of training
0: for what you teach other people or have you literally just found your way along as you've gone along have you just i mean it, it sounds a bit intrusive
1: but it, i'm just in no that's fine No, I think You're it's very welcome to ask that yeah
0: because we've done coaching training but i've yeah. done the byron katie training but is there other training that you've done kathy
1: yes i've trained with the martha beck institute which oh. is a year's which is a year's coaching training uh-huh. and i did that three years ago now and i and that was really to kind of um anchor in kind of what i already knew but i was wanting to find a way to articulate it with clients and find a way to really kind of get get it get it kind of certified really kind yeah of getting the training work yeah And for the clients, they might have found that a bit, um, um, yeah, um, helpful to them to know
0: that you had a sort of training.
1: No, absolutely. There's definitely a sense of, you know, who are you? If you're an expert by experience, but what's your training, what are your credentials? And so there's definitely um, space for that as well, because if I'm working with people who are a level of stress and distress, they want to be able, I mean, trust is so fundamental, isn't it? building any relationship, and um, and that really helps to get a sense of trust with I think the clients. I night.
0: couldn't agree more because you know, I know I didn't feel um, I had sufficient credentials until I did my master's and then I did the coaching training to feel um, I wasn't a danger to myself yeah. or other people. Yeah. I didn't want to be a danger, I didn't want to, because I knew that I had a lot of compassion and I knew that I had good listening skills and professional ability, but I didn't want to be a danger to myself to take on people's worries and stress. I needed training for that. And I didn't want to be a danger to others by saying things that weren't hadn't been scientifically researched. So I think trust in your professional practitioner is an incredibly important thing. Um, and when you're looking for a practitioner to work with, um, looking at their credentials is is a very um, important thing to do. We do that, you know. We wouldn't go and um, see a doctor without knowing what their uh, credentials were, and you know, we wouldn't buy um, probably vegetables or meat off of someone who didn't have some semblance of knowing what they were doing. You know, they could have put all sorts of poisons on them and then said, "Look, I've got the biggest mushrooms in the world, but they'll kill you if you eat them." So you know, <laughs> you don't need some sort of you know. Um, professional status i think and and that's something to be really careful of in this marketplace because there are a lot of people who maybe haven't got those professional um qualifications and i think people should be just you know cautious notice what they notice and find the person you have rapport with you need to find someone who you have rapport with as well i think that's really important
1: yeah well that's you know i offer in my work a kind of 20-minute free kind of consultation just so we can find out if we are the right fit, you know, because cool. I might be talking to people who are, you know, wanting something different, a different approach, and that's absolutely fine. You know, it's just so to, to, we don't to dive into this kind of work together. There needs to be a real sense yeah. of being able to be open and honest, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um,
0: I think rapport and that's why most of us do that, you know, the first few will it's getting to know you isn't it and then mm. you're not the right person like we're saying there's a spectrum of um perspectives for everything there's a spectrum of perspectives that you, you know we have that phrase personality clash you could have a personality clash with someone and, it, and it's never going to work so it's important yeah thank you fran did thank you have you. any other questions that you wanted to ask was that it uh, i think So I mean, I suspect when you did your more traditional training, it probably just sort of validated for yourself
1: what you had learned along the way. And maybe it explains some of it to you as well. Yeah, it kind of looked at sort of a four square approach where there's four different squares that people find themselves in. There's what square one square. So you kind of identify. The squares and whether people are stuck in square one, which is kind of in quite a distressed state. Square two, they're a bit further along. They're in the kind of dreaming and scheming phase, and you know. So you so you start to be able to kind of um, plot it and work it out, and it kind of is the kind of underpins some of the structure. Thanks. Yes, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Yes, yeah. great. Thank you. Thank Aww. you. Thank you, Fran. Thank you.
0: Thank you very much. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I will um, take you off screen now. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Bye, bye,
1: friends.
0: There we go. I think it's lovely. If anyone else has got a um, um, question that you want to ask and you haven't had the time today because we're now at 2 o'clock, so that went like a flash. I've Good loved way. it, Cathy. Thank you so Aww. much. I mean, we can spend, you and I have spent. I know. I know that's the thing, isn't it? <laughs> Six hours chatting. of muttering. Yeah, we we have done several consecutive hours of just talking and shooting the breeze, haven't we? So I just want um, to say
1: I love Caroline's little message here, which is thank you, Leslie and Kathy. Very interesting. Sorry, I was late, but I was in the queue for the post the office. office. Grr. Grr. I love that. It's exactly what we've been talking about earlier. Yeah, we've
0: been talking all about that, Caroline. you you can watch it back on. Um, the Pure website. So these all go up as soon as they download, we put them up on YouTube and then Christina puts them up onto the website. So they're all there ready for you to enjoy on catch up TV whenever. And um, yeah, just being present in your, in your post office queue was worth it. And you saw it for a bit. I'm glad you saw it for a bit. (laughs) And, And yeah, but I love the idea that we can do catch up as well. And it's been on live and there's been lots of people watching on live as well, which is great. And, um, this will be on the Facebook page now as well, forever. So people can watch it. And, right. um, thank you so much. If you could pop your contact details into the sidebar, so people can contact you if they want to, that'd be great, Kathy. Is that for me? Yes. That's for yes. you. Um, yes. yes. If you can pop your, um, what, your, where it says
1: say something nice,
0: say something nice. So if you put in there your website and your email, Email. and then um, that will be always forever on this event. So people can come back and look at it whenever they want to and get your details. I will do a little blog post about the Byron Katie things as a reminder. And I'll also put um, Cathy's contact details on there as well. So um, you'll have it on the blog post on the website as well. And I really hope everyone's enjoyed that. I absolutely loved it. Um, we speak the same language. So it's oh, a pleasure yeah, for me. It,
1: is, isn't it? it just sort of flows, doesn't it? There we go. That's... I
0: think the other thing you need to do is tell us, just as before we go, the final word is gonna to go to the cheese plant behind you. And you're gonna tell me about the pool party that the cheese plant goes on every week. Because I well, said yes. I'm really bad at keeping house plants. And Cathy said to me, Oh, you have to give them a pool party. Well
1: since lockdown I have been slowly getting more houseplants, new friends to share my house with and so I know I've got lots and lots and lots of them and so every week I put them into a little pool party together. So I fill my bath with a couple of inches of water, I gather them all together, And leave them there for an hour and they all hang out and I pop in and say, Hi guys, how you doing? And then (laughs) I drain the water and then put them back and they are thriving.
0: Oh, thriving. Maybe that's what we all need to
1: do. Just sit in a couple of inches of
0: water. Once a week. Once a week. Just have someone pop in and go, How you doing? (laughs)
1: How you doing? Drink it all up.
0: Exactly. And then I think that's an analogy for life. Just give yourself permission once a week to just sit in an inch of water. And just <laughs> notice what you know, what you notice. You'll probably get a little bit chilly, um, but um, yeah, feed, feed yourself. I think that's an analogy for life. Feed. Make sure you feed your soul as well as you feed your tummy. And hopefully that's what we're doing, giving you a bit of soul food um, once a week. To um, keep you going and nurture you all along the way, and I hope you've all enjoyed it. Okay. And I have had a lovely time. Thank you, my love. Me
1: too. And Thank you for the invitation. It's
0: been lovely. Uh, you're welcome. Thank you for being the nemesis that started all of this off. And I know.
1: Everybody's Aha. got to
0: meet you now and see see your face. Because I've spoken about Kathy quite a few times. Like Kathy set us on this journey, so now they all know what Kathy looks and sounds like and that's amazing so thank you i hopefully see you very soon in real time and we can go for a socially distance walk with the dogs
1: with our dogs i yeah, love that yes really please and so what uh, do i do now do i sign off or do i just sit here and smile just
0: sit there and smile and <laughs> i'm going to end the broadcast and say okay. goodbye to everybody so thank you for being an amazing guest and um, i'll speak to you very soon okay take care everybody and we'll see you all very soon
1: bye